We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Morning Grind. I am your host today, TJ Zwarich, ready to break down Friday's 11-game MLB DFS slate. Recording this Thursday night, and there is preseason NFL happening as we speak. The NFL season is almost here, almost upon us. I am joined by my guy, Chief Justice 06, Will Priester. How you doing? I'm fantastic, man. Uh, definitely glad to come on. Uh, we're gonna see if tennis can 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 make my night amazing, and if so, then like I told you before the the show in pre-show mode, what what feels like a rough day is gonna turn into a really good day real quick. So uh, that's why it's good to have people you trust, have some irons in the fire, because you never know how they can turn on a niche sport like tennis until you've got some tennis investments. So. Very excited to come on and uh, hang out with you and, and talk to these wonderful people. Yeah, ready to break down this slate with the people. We're live on YouTube right now. If you're watching us live, hit that like button. 
subscribe, hit the notification bell. And even if you're watching with your coffee the next morning, Friday morning, getting ready for the slate, make sure you hit, you hit us with that like button as well. Let's start diving into it. We got 11 games. We're both yawning pre-show. We got we to gotta ramp ourselves up and get into this one. First game of the slates, we got the Mets. We got the Baltimore Orioles. David Peterson going up against Dean Kramer. Do you have any interest in uh, Peterson at 6,300 going up against the Orioles? No. No, me neither. Not going to be playing him. This is uh, going to be one of those spots where we can save some time. How about Kramer going up against the Mets? Cheap price tag, 7200 He's been pitching pretty decent lately outside of one game, and it was the Dodgers, so you can excuse him a little bit. Do you have any interest in Kramer? Kramer's been okay. Um, I, I think I'm going to use one of your phrases here. If I'm building lineups and I got 7200 he's not someone I'll throw away. I'm not actively targeting Kramer, but I'm, I'm not – if he's the last piece in, I'm not going to throw up. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is very reasonable with a guy like Kramer on this slate. What about the bats? You're looking to play the Mets against him. I feel like one of the other reasons I like Kramer is because the Mets just are kind of – they're folding. They're done. And so outside of Pete and Lindor, I don't think I really want to play any of them. I'm just sick of the Mets. I'm not playing the Mets anymore this season. I don't I don't care if they're facing my five-year-old daughter on the mound. I'm just <laughs> – well, she's six now. She turned six this year, but well, they're definitely I, I, not going to play the match. Yeah, I'm not. Now. Yeah, she she turned six in, in June. I'm not, I'm done with the Mets. <laughs> Just done. <laughs> gutless, as our guy Kurt Dees would say, the Mets are absolutely gutless. Uh, but at least they found a way to get rid of Verlander and Scherzer's contracts, even though they had to give up a ton of uh, give up like fifty million dollars to do so. What about Baltimore <laughs> going up against these Mets? David Peterson, I don't think is anything to fear. I don't know how much I love a full stack, but uh, Austin Hayes, Ryan Anthony Santander, and most of all Ryan Mountcastle, I like here quite a bit. Oh yeah, man, we're getting Mountcastle at thirty eight hundred, a guy that's. Hit left-handed pitching okay this season. Uh, I like him a ton. And, and don't look now, Ryan Mountcastle is on, like, the tear of all tears. And, and I'm talking about the past few games. RBIs, hits, runs. I mean, he's he's single-handedly dragging the Baltimore Orioles across the finish line every game. Like, I, at 3,800, he might be one of my favorite plays of the day. Uh, you're talking about we can go ahead and get the morning grind game out of the way if you want to. Uh, hitter under 4K to get two hits. Give me Ryan Mountcastle. I'll give you that one for free. I'll still give you another one at the end of the show. Mountcastle is definitely up there. I don't want you to give another one because that was my number one that I had uh, <laughs> marked down. So you give me another one, you're probably going to take my number two, too. <laughs> Listen, he's been good. I mean, he's been so good. And like I said, that's over a small sample the past few games, but he's really been, been good all season. Uh, I think I'd be stacking this team anyway. You, you got Adelaide 51, like, I actually like this team probably a little bit more than you do just because um, I do think they have something to play for. Like, they they could very well win this division. I I, I like Baltimore um, continuing to be competitive here. I, I want to stack this team against Peterson. Yeah, the Rutschman, Santander, Mountcastle, Hayes, Westberg would probably be the stack that I would want to go with most. The reason I'm probably not going to get a ton – of full stacks and 150 lineups is because that's kind of the only full stack I like with this team. And so I'll have those five quite a bit. 
And then I'll have combinations and three-man stacks, probably even more than that. Uh, let's take it over to the next game. We got the White Sox at Cleveland, eight and a half total in this one. Um, seeing now that that is oh. not the order that we have it on DraftKings, I was looking at lineup yeah. HQ. And so let's uh, run it back. Let's go Houston and New York because uh, the Mets-Baltimore game was last of the 705 games on uh, Plate IQ. Yeah. And so that's why I had it up there as uh, the next it's all one. Good. We got Houston. We got the Yankees. Nine total in this one. Severino going up against Hunter Brown. You got any interest in Severino going up against uh, Houston? Nope. No. So how about Hunter Brown going up against the Yankees at 84? Hunter Brown is fringe for me today. Like I I think he's the ultimate tournament play because I was on uh, I was on Javier in this spot just in terms of like strikeouts and it did not materialize. The Yankees ran ran the count up on him. He didn't get the strikeouts enough strikeouts early. And Hunter Brown I think is in a similar spot here, but like I I can't ignore the the upside that he possesses. From time to time, at eighty four hundred, I think he's an upside play in GPPs. I, if, if I'm in three entry max or single entry, I'm playing zero Hunter Brown. If I'm twenty max or more, I'm absolutely sprinkling in some Hunter Brown against the Yankees. Yeah, I'm with you one hundred percent. I think he's a strong pl- tournament play. Eighty four hundred is just a very nice price tag for him. What about uh, you? Interested in any Yankees going up against Hunter Brown? Uh, I mean, look, Hunter Brown. He, he can give up some runs from time to time. He still needs to get his control together a little bit. So I don't mind like many stacks of Yankees. And I know you say, well, why wouldn't you just stack him if he has control issues? I, I think he'll give up some home runs. But uh, all in all, I I think I won off the big bats. Judge, um, Stanton, um, one of my favorite hitters from the Yankees has been Glaber Torres this season. I don't mind Torres. But that, that's kind of how I'm going to treat the Yankees. I don't want to stack them. I don't mind one-offs. I think you can maybe mix in if they got some good lineup spots, some Jake Bowers, some Billy McKinney, stuff like that, and spread it into a full stack with salary savers. But I'm definitely more interested in Houston. Um, we're only two games into this slate, but I very well Ooh. may like Houston as my number one stack on the board. Oh, man, Severino's been awful, hasn't he? And the main thing about Severino is he just – he's ever since he's – had that injury and come back, he's just not the same. And, and so it's so for me, here's how I try to measure it. And this is just me personal. It's not right or wrong. It's just personal. If you come back and you get shelled, but you're still getting six to eight strikeouts a game, like it's like, okay, you probably just need to work your way back into some good control. Like, you know, you get two or three strikeouts, you give up a run. You get two, two or three strikeouts, you give up a bomb. You get – He's not doing any of this. He's just walking out there being a punching bag. I I love Houston today. Uh, I don't even want to name names, but I'm just – like this is a team I'm going to stack everybody. The whole team, one through nine, mix and match, uh, build it in lineup HQ. Uh, you know, certain guys I, I will – obviously you'll set up your, your, your rules so you can get Alvarez as a one-off, Tucker as a one-off, Bregman as a runoff, so forth and so on. And then there are other guys where they'll probably only be in the stacks like Jose Abreu, uh, you know, um, Martin Maldonado. Like, I don't want a one-off Maldonado, but he will be in stats only. And I think that's how I would treat this team. The big bats are, are like, in one-off consideration because they could absolutely hit a two- or three-run bomb in this spot and just blow the slate up. 
uh, but the secondary pieces will be stacks only. No notes, 100% the same page. I love Houston, and I feel like I will be handling them the exact same way. Next up, we got Kansas City and the Philadelphia Phillies, nine total in this one. Uh, Jordan Lyles going up against Aaron Nola. You have any interest in Jordan Lyles going up against uh, Philadelphia? Nope. What about uh, Aaron Nola going against Kansas City? So, Nola's, Nola's, I'm saying he's close to being, like, elite here in this spot. Here's why. Like, we've seen the best of times from Aaron Nola, and we've seen the worst of times. And, TJ, we've seen all of that within the past month, right? We've seen an elite start against Tampa Bay, which is a good team, seven and a third, 12 strikeouts. We've seen the worst of times at Pittsburgh, four and two-thirds strikeouts, four and two-thirds any six strikeouts, and gives up five runs to Pittsburgh. We've, we've had a mixed bag with Aaron Nola all season, I'm going to side with him in this spot against Kansas City, against the younger team. I, I know they've still got a couple pieces like Matt Duffy hitting at the bottom of the lineup who's seasoned and Salvador Perez. But all in all, this is still a slightly younger team. I'm going to side with Aaron Nola here. Don't let me down, but it's the Kansas City Royals. Go out. Do your job. He's at home. Get the job done and put the fantasy points up there for the people. I think he will likely be the highest projected pitcher on the slate. And so due to that, I feel like he's probably going to be your cash game guy. For me personally, it's going to be ownership dependent in tournaments. If we see a 30, 40% owned Aaron Nola, I'm going to be underweight. If he's 15, 20%, then yeah, I'm all good getting to some Aaron Nola. That's kind of how I want to handle this one. Um, What about the bats going up against Nola? He struggled. I think maybe you could play a little uh, KC if you're running 150 lineups, but this definitely isn't uh, a, a, they're not going to project well, and this isn't going to be a top target. Uh, no KC for you? <laughs> I, I don't see it, man. Like I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at this lineup, and I, I understand that Bobby Witt's been good recently. But, like, all in all, man, I, I think I'm just going to trust Nolan this spot and he gets it done. And and that should tell you how I feel about Kansas City, like, expressionless. They're just, they're just not good right now. But these young, they're young. I think they're going to be good long term, but not right now. I, I, I don't want to play any Kansas City. Philly going up against Jordan Lyles, I think, is definitely in an interesting spot. Lyles is somebody we always like targeting. For what it's worth, he's pitched a lot better lately, but it's been against some weaker opponents. Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Real Muto, Castellano, Stott, Bohm. I think all of them are in play, but my favorite by far is Kyle Schwarber, and $4,600 is just too cheap for him. Yeah, I like Schwarber. Really, I like this team. So one of the things about Jordan Lyles, TJ, is he's going to give up hits, right? So he might not give up a home run every every time up, but he is going to give up hits. And so if he's going to give up hits, then I I think you have to be interested in Philly. I mean, man, as bad as Trey Turner's been, why is he still 5,100, by the way? Like, shouldn't his price be coming down? Like, I, I feel like we're getting, we're getting duped here by DraftKings. 
Like Trey Turner should be 4K until he, until he gets better. When uh, uh, many years ago, when Giancarlo Stanton was like the worst player in baseball for for a period where he just couldn't hit anything, he was down in the 3K range. Why does Trey Turner get the 5K treatment every game? He's been awful. I'm saying that to say, bring the price down so we can play him and, and utilize him in these stacks. It's got a turn for him, at least I hope. Yeah, it hasn't um, been that so yeah. long. Uh, I like this team as a whole. I like Marshall. I was just going to say, it hasn't been that you long. Turner's been struggling. Um, and so I could see it if this lasts another week or two. Uh, it, it, could, it could definitely start dropping. But the annoying thing with him this year is he's been like super hot for a week, terrible for two. Super hot for a week, terrible for two. So I feel like those hot weeks always kind of bump his price back up and then it takes him a while to jump down. But yeah, I'm with you. I like this Philly team quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. LSU for life says because of his name. I agree, bro. Like, I agree 100%. His name's Trey Turner. They don't want to bump his price down. The man should be 4500 4, at, at least with the way he's been performing here. Chicago White Sox at Cleveland Guardians. I don't know why I wanted to talk about this game so early, but we finally made it back to the one I jumped the gun for. Eight and a half total in this one. Uh, we got, uh, geez, and I just realized we probably actually could have done the Toronto-Boston one first based on the DraftKings one, but whatever, Will, we're going yeah. for it. Uh, we got uh, Mike Clevenger at Logan Allen. Do you have any interest in Clevenger going up against Cleveland? Man, I don't think so, uh, even at 6,900. And look, I know Clevenger, he, well, I take that back. Cleveranger did, did recently have a nice game against Cleveland, but all in all, Cleveland hasn't been a high strikeout team. I'm going to stick with my guns here. I don't think I want to play Clevenger. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to pass. Yeah. I don't think I need to go there either going up against Cleveland. Clevenger is never a guy I really like targeting that much. Maybe similar to a Dean Kramer, Dean Kramer. If he lands there, you're fine. But uh, I don't think I have any interest in going to Mike Clevenger in this spot. What about Logan Allen going up against the White Sox? White Sox have been uh, reeling a little bit lately. Traded Jake Berger, and he was their second most dangerous hitter to left-handed pitching. So any interest in Logan Allen at 7,900? I'm close on Logan Allen just because it's the White Sox, and and they haven't been great. Now, the, the, the White Sox do still carry a lot of name value, in my opinion, like, when you look at this team, on paper, they should be good. You've still got Tim Anderson under 4K, uh, Luis Robert, Jimenez, Benintendi. Like, they've got guys, right? I mean, I, I feel like Yasmani Grandal should be better. Like, it's just – they just got guys. Uh, you know, Yohan Mankata, he's bad. I think I still want to play a sprinkle of Logan Allen in tournaments, just in case. Like, we saw – we saw the best they could they could have possibly done to Scherzer today in the first inning, and Scherzer comes back and gets nine strikeouts. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. Logan Allen is not Matt Scherzer. The point stands that strikeouts are in this lineup. The White Sox haven't been playing up to their name value, and I'm not going to let that intimidate me in the DFS streets. I think Logan Allen is in tournament consideration for sure. Yeah, the one thing I'll say is I do like targeting the White Sox with right-handed pitching more than left, like Robert Jimenez, Andrew Vaughn, even Trace Thompson and Tim Anderson. These are all guys who can hit lefties pretty well. There's going to be no – there should probably – like we're projecting right now. This is early in the day. Now, of course, Benintendi absolutely could pop himself back in there by the time uh, 
um, like when, when we get these lineups here tomorrow, but as like no righty, no lefties in this projected lineup. I don't think I love Logan Allen, but this is honestly a game. I just kind of wish didn't exist. I'll probably play. Some White Sox they're cheap. Like I'll probably play a few white Sox cause they're cheap, but like, I could see yeah. Allen doing well. I could see the White Sox doing well, but I, I, I don't. I could see Clevenger doing well. I could see Cleveland doing well, but I don't want to play any of them. Yeah, I will say this: the incentive is in the cheap players. Like it, Tim Anderson at thirty nine hundred, I think is valuable. Moncada at thirty four hundred is valuable. Uh, Yasmani Grandal at twenty eight hundred is valuable. Jimenez at forty one hundred, I think he pitched it today. Yeah, he did pitch it today. I think is valuable. Like it's. They have value at those prices, so I get it. Like you could do worse than those names for under four K, is what I'm what I'm really saying. Yeah, I think so too. I'm uh, I'm with you on that one. Um, any Cleveland going up against Clevenger? I don't like Clevenger. I don't really want to play Cleveland. It's like Jose Ramirez is always going to be good, right? Or or mostly good. Um, which I mean, they sent um, uh, what's his name? They sent they sent uh, their shortstop to the Dodgers, uh, Rosario. Is it Rosario? Yeah, yeah. They sent him to the Dodgers, so it's like, well, you know, I just don't like this team. I don't like this game, and I, I know that's what you were saying. It's just kind of a blah situation all around. I don't expect any pitcher to get completely blown up. I don't expect either offense to go off for like eight runs. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Way I feel. <laughs> yeah. It's just oh just cross this one off. We've already spent too yeah. much time talking about it. Uh but I like you can something like a Jimenez, Ramirez, Bo Naylor mini stack. I think that's totally reasonable. If Will Brennan gets in there for a good lineup spot, he's fine. Um Josh Naylor, we're currently projecting in, but he is still dealing with that side injury. So keep an eye on whether he's going to be in there or not. Blue Jays and Red Sox. The next one, we got a 10 total in this in, in this game. Alec Manoa going up against James Paxton. Let me preface this by saying I am a Manoa truther. They said at the beginning of the year he wasn't ready. It was going to take him some time to figure it out. It's taking him way more time than we've, we've expected. <laughs> to get right. But... He hasn't looked very bad in these last couple of games. The walks are still there, but the, he's limiting contact a lot better, getting some more strikeouts. Um, you don't play Alec Manoa in this spot, even though he's super cheap. He has always struggled against lefties, and Boston is just a team that was going to go almost all left-handed, and the left-handed hitters are great. So absolutely no Alec Manoa in this spot. Um, James Paxton on the other side, I think he's very interesting. He has not been consistently dominant like he was earlier in the season the strikeouts have dipped a little bit um but the blue jays offense is it's in a funk Bo bichette is not there they've struggled they've they've been a team that's due for some like positive regression and they're they shouldn't be this bad against lefties they're hitting the ball hard but we haven't seen it the production hasn't existed all year and so i actually do really like paxton at this 9k spot yeah, same here. I don't have to repeat anything. You said everything I would have said. This is fantastic. Get out of We've my been brain. on the same page with that lately. Like for yeah. Houston, Cleveland, just like yeah, get, out, get out of my head, guy. Get out of my head. <laughs> uh, no uh, Toronto bats in this one for me, I don't think, outside of like maybe uh, Guerrero, Whit Merrifield, and Matt Chapman mini stack. I think that is totally reasonable. 
But uh, if, if you get Danny Jansen in a good lineup spot, I think he's going to be one of the better cheap catchers on the slate. But this hasn't been an offense that's been able to just put together really big games. They have guys who hit home runs, but they have not been doing well for full stacks. Well, like, and they oh, haven't been doing well. Like Bogusette being out of this lineup, the strikeouts have just been there for everybody. I mean, even even bad pitches. I've, I've been watching the games. I'm like, oh, no, no. Guys picking up four, five, six strikeouts against this team. That should not be. Should absolutely not be doing it. And you're telling me I'm getting James Paxton coming in uh, or, or Toronto coming to Boston and Paxton's on the mound, who does actually have reasonable strikeout ability. I, I, I can't within a good conscience tell anybody to play Toronto today. In terms of stacking, like you said, I also know that Paxton's probably going to get, give up a home run or two. I just don't think it's going to be massive enough to warrant stacking up the Blue Jays. Yeah, I agree with you there. They're not going to warrant the stack. Like Danny Jansen, if he's batting fifth or sixth at 3K, going up against Paxton in Boston, that's great. That's a great play. That's a great spot. That's probably one of the better catching spots on the slate. But the full stack, I I don't see it. Um, Boston, on the other hand, I think they're very interesting going up against Manoa. They're probably going to be somewhat chalky, but Will, I'm going to steal this one from you because uh, this is the you gave me one of the morning grind games uh, mid show. I'm taking Raphael Devers at five one as my guy to hit a home run. Oh, I like it, man. See, we're being very efficient with this show. Uh, they didn't come for whatever reason. We didn't have the morning grind last night, so tonight you're getting efficiency. You're getting the morning grind game in the middle of the show. We've already got Mount Castle under four K. We've got Devers over 5K. This is great. This is great stuff, man. But I, I do really like Boston. I, I think this is a good team. All the way through, too. Like, so you talk about Devers, but Verdugo at 3,900, I think, he's another one of those under 4K candidates today, in my opinion. I, I just I think you know I was just gonna do it. I was just gonna do it. I was like you're on the same team. But yeah. no, Alex Verdugo, he yeah. is riding a six-game hitting streak right now. It's He's crazy. better. They've been bumping him from six to two in the lineup, and that's a pretty big bump for a guy like him, maybe getting an extra at bat. And so uh yeah, I like this team as a full stack, but I'm gonna go with Alex Verdugo <laughs> in my under four game to get two hits. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Miami at Texas. We yes. got an eight and a half total in this. Are you game. sure this is the right game? I'm joking. Yeah. I'm yeah. joking. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I'm. I'm. I'm I mean, I, I, I'm locked back in. I don't think I'm gonna be uh, mixing and matching them again. But we'll see. We're early. We're only halfway through. It could happen. Yeah. Miami and Texas, eight and a half total in this one. Jesus Lazardo, Jordan Montgomery. Any interest in uh, Lazardo going into Texas? Listen. Luzardo's been fantastic this season. Excuse me. I, for one, have benefited from Luzardo being amazing. I've been fading everyone against Texas, and I'm going to continue to do that today. I don't care how good Luzardo's been. He's going to sit on the shelf. Do I think he's a great tournament play? Absolutely. He's 9,500. He can get strikeouts. Like I, I think for tournaments, he's fine. I'm just not going to do it against the Texas Rangers today. It's as scary as a play as there is on the slate, I think. Um, And so because of that, if he's going to be like sub 5% owned, I'm running 150 lineups. I'll I'll double. Yes. Um, But uh, definitely not somebody I think you're considering in a single entry type scenario in this one. 
What about Jordan Montgomery going up against Miami, 8,100? That just feels like a guy that's almost probably like, – he's got a great chance to go out there and get you 15 points. But I don't think we're going to get anything else other than that from him. So I don't really want to go with Jordan Montgomery. Miami's yeah. a team I like targeting, but I'd rather do it in Miami. Yeah, I'm not targeting Montgomery to the 8,100. My sentiment's exactly – what I will say, though, is Jordan Montgomery is serviceable enough in real life. I got to commend Texas. They're going for it. You go out and get Scherzer. You go out and get Montgomery. You know, like they're trying to win. I, I got, I got to hand it to them. Like they're trying to be a competent baseball team this season, and uh, it, it's, it's really showing in their production. But I'm not playing Jordan Montgomery in this slate. For what it's worth. I think there's a very, very interesting mini stack here. That's going to probably be pretty contrarian, but I love it. I, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to full stack. I wouldn't tell you not to play Jazz Chisholm and uh, whatever other cheap play you want in there, but Jorge Soler, yes, Berger, Brian Delacruz. That right yeah. there is a phenomenal mini stack. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's big time. And, uh, yeah, I, I I like it. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. 
I'm just I don't know why we're agreeing so much of this show, but or there's no like it, it's making the banter more difficult when it's just like yep same <laughs> yeah I mean or Soler okay so let me say this let me let me add a little bit to it to me Orhe Soler is like the ultimate one off today like if you're not playing anybody else from Miami get Orhe Soler in your life like he can legit hit two bombs today and yeah. like nobody else in Miami do anything I, I don't think that's completely accurate I think if he scores other people are scoring too but like my point is he's a big time he's probably a shot for a spidey bomb today if, if I had to call one yeah I like that a lot as well Jorge Soler Rafael Devers two of the probably first people that I'm gonna and and then I mean his odds won't be as good so we won't be a spidey bomb because he's pretty obvious but I can almost guarantee I'll be betting on Alvarez I'll be betting on Mount Castle I'll be betting on uh Devers and I'll be betting on uh, Jake Berger as well as Jorge Soler in this one. Yeah. What about the Texas bats going up against Lizardo? Lizardo has every now and then where he can get a bit wild, give up some hard contact. Texas is an elite offense. This is a team that, like, I probably won't touch either spot in single entry, but in MME, I'll try and get a little overweight both sides. Yeah, I think that's all. Yep, I'm with you 100%. Like, Texas is a mass multi-entry team just in case because they're so good. They're kind of like the Braves. Really, if you're stacking the Braves every day, you're probably going to be stacking Texas, especially with Corey Seager back. Like, having Corey Seager back helps this lineup tremendously. And they were playing well while he was gone. But having him back to not only not only set the table a little bit, but just gather information. Think about a guy that doesn't strike out a lot, can, can, can make good contact. He can just help the guys gather information on the pitcher along the way. Uh, I... I'm with you. Stack Texas, they're not a primary team for me. Single entry, I'm not doing it. Three entry max, I'm not doing it. I'm my 20 entry max, I might have them in two or three. 150, better believe I'm probably getting 10% of the Texas Rangers for sure. I'm not going to complain that we're agreeing on everything and it's being efficient because upstairs I just heard my wife get home and she's been out of town for the last week. So uh, we just we can keep on uh, keep on rolling through this. Next game, we got Arizona. <laughs> We got Minnesota, Bailey Ober going up against Merrill Kelly. Any interest in Merrill Kelly in this Play. This is the top pitcher on the slate. This Let's is the it. guy. Let's this get it. Minnesota. Everybody strikes out against like everybody strikes out big right? games against Minnesota. Right. You just do it. You, you, this is the Nike team of the league. Just do it. I know Libertori had a terrible day today. Doesn't matter. Like, go back and check the track record. Every pitcher that's reasonable, and I don't consider Libertoria reasonable, and I didn't consider Dakota Hudson reasonable either yesterday. He picked up six or seven strikeouts against his team. Merrill Kelly at 8,800. This is like the spot of all spots. You hear me pounding my fist here. You see me getting excited. Merrill Kelly, folks, should, and, and I, I'm stressing this, this should be his elite spot of the season. Like, I know he's kind of just coming back. He's got two starts under his belt since coming off the I.L., he faced Seattle. He picked up six strikeouts against Seattle, which is a similar type upside strikeout matchup. He gave up too many runs. I don't think he's going to do this against the Minnesota Twins. I'm banking on Merrill Kelly putting the hammer down here. Seven to eight strikeouts. Give it to us, Mr. Merrill Kelly. 8,800, one of my top plays on the day. He's my favorite pitcher on the slate, G. Stop it, man. Stop he it. is. He is. Guys, pitchers against Minnesota. We've been saying it for the last two weeks. Pitchers yeah. against Minnesota. 
Um, I love it. Uh, what about Bailey Ober on Fade. the other side going Fade. up against Arizona? Fade. Fade. You don't Fade. play pitchers against Arizona. No, you don't. Um, I uh, crazy enough on a little four game slate with terrible pitching this morning. I actually did play a little Tristan Beck at four K relief pitcher, and it actually went pretty well. Uh, but that was a four K relief pitcher. That's a totally yeah. different type of scenario. What about Arizona going up against Ober? Yes, I, I like it. I don't. I don't trust. Ober today like and we've seen him in a sense like kind of come down to earth like he, he he was like pitching really well earlier in the season and I mean pretty much 20 fantasy points or more almost every almost every game but we've seen him get touched up this last spot against Kansas City 11 hits the time before that Chicago White Sox five hits against Seattle seven hits like you start giving up hits the runs are going to come and you don't want to be giving up this many hits against the Arizona Diamondbacks. I like this team big time today. Uh, this this is probably another one of my favorite stacks on, on the on the slate. So for what it's worth, I think in the context of this slate, I like them more than I thought I would. In a vacuum, yeah. just Arizona against Ober, that's kind of like a mid-tier fine stack for me. But there's been one stack only on this Houston. entire slate, Houston, that I'm like, ooh, I need them. That's like, that is my team. Um, and so I could almost guarantee going going into this spot, my single entry will be a Houston stack with Merrill Kelly. But um, I don't mind Arizona either. I think I probably like just like a Corbin Carroll. I mean – one of my favorite salary savers always is Alec Thomas. This guy has power. I really like Alec Thomas. And so maybe like a little mini stack with Marte Thomas and, uh, and Carol, maybe Perdomo instead of Marte, something like that. Jace Peterson's there now. Um, there, there are definitely options, but I think I like the mini stack a bit better than the full. And then in terms of the full, they're probably in like the tier two or three for me. I don't think I'm going to be getting any Minnesota against Merrill Kelly. Yeah, no, I'm saying yes, I'm agreeing with you. No, I'm not playing the minutes. <laughs> Pittsburgh at Milwaukee. We got a nine total in this one. Quinn Priester going up against Colin Rea. Priester is a pretty big, big price. Wow, that was hard to say. P- pretty big prospect. Struggled in his first game. Started doing a little bit better in the next two. Still hasn't pitched over 90 pitches. Milwaukee's got a lot of strikeouts, but I don't think we're going to Priester. They just lit up Pittsburgh on uh, Thursday night. Yep, not doing it. Colin Rea against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, again, another team that you don't mind targeting against, but Colin Rea, mm, probably not for me. Yep. I man, give us, give us some, some some better pitches in these, these fringe games, but yeah, I'm not taking Colin Rea either. This is another game that I just feel like it doesn't need to be on the slate. It yep. just... One of these offenses might go off. They absolutely might. But I feel the exact same way as Cleveland and and the White Sox. It's just like, I don't want you to be here. If I was banking on one to go off right now, it'd be Milwaukee. Um, But I'm going to cross this game off, call it family food. Uh -uh, That's what I'm doing. Not, not, Not considering this game at all for DFS purposes. I'll have a little bit of exposure in uh, MME. Pittsburgh is really cheap, and I do always like Jack Sawinski. Jack Sawinski is somebody that is always in play for me. And then on the Milwaukee side of things, a um, little bit of Sal Frelick and Christian Yelich, Willie Adamas, I don't mind. But again, this isn't really a theme I'm looking to get to very much. We got Colorado at St. Louis cruising through this one. Chris Flexen going up against Adam Wainwright, probably the two worst pitchers on the entire slate. This game is not in Coors. 
what is the like we're not playing Flexen or Wainwright, but what is the like what it's an immovable object against a or a very, very movable object against a I don't know how to do this in reverse, but a yeah. force <laughs> that has no power. Not was terrible. Yeah. With one breaks. No, no unstoppable forces with plenty of moving objects. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, honestly, I think you just get light stacks for both of them. Like, I, I don't want to overlook how bad Adam Wainwright has been this season. And as bad as the Colorado Rockies have been, if they were ever going to score seven or eight runs, it's today. Like, you just have to be honest with yourself. Like, I think Wainwright is worse than the Rockies. And Chris The Wainwright bump is bigger than the Coors Field bump. Yeah, I I think both of these teams are in many stat considerations. Both. And I think that's how I treat both of these teams, seriously. Colorado, I like more as the mini stack just because they don't have enough good hitters. But Ryan McMahon, Nolan Jones, and Elias Diaz, heck yeah, fire that up. I think that is a great mini stack. Um, and then on the St. Louis side of things, I'm more interested in fullbacking this one. Gorman got scratched, and so if he he might not be there. Donovan's out for the season, so that does limit the lefty power in this one. But Flexen will give up bombs to both sides of the plates. Lars Newtbar is probably my favorite on this team, but Goldschmidt and Arenado, they're great too. And then if you need to mix in some salary savers, there's nothing wrong with Tyler O'Neill or uh, like a Jordan Walker, Alec Burleson if they're in there. So I like St. Louis as the mini stack, like you said, just roll with either Arenado or Goldschmidt. Get your get yourself some Newtbar and find yourself a salary saver. I think that's all good, but um, two terrible pitchers in this one. I'm going to want to wait and see what the ownership is on these offenses. Um, because I don't like either of these offenses this year outside of a couple St. Louis players, but these are two absolutely terrible pitchers. There's a reason, like, this is one of the very few times we will ever see a nine and a half total in a Colorado game that is not in Coors, uh, especially with how terrible their lineup is right now. And so Wainwright might just be worse than that Colorado offense. St. Louis is broken down. They're missing a bunch of guys, but it's still Chris Flexen going up against them. So I honestly would probably put these might be just in the context of the slate, like kind of my number two and three stacks, maybe three and four, four and five out after Arizona and Boston, definitely way behind uh, Houston, but I kind of would put these guys in the same bucket as Boston and Arizona. I think they'd be in the, in the, in the same tier for me, Luis Castillo and Reed Detmers in the uh, St. Louis Mar- St. Louis Seattle Mariners against the uh, Los Angeles Angels eight and a half total in this one you have any interest in uh, Luis Castillo at 10-2 going up against the Angels man Castillo I want to I don't know I think I'm going to do it I, I think he's worth it because I, I think he could still go out and get 30 now will he on this slate I don't know and we'll never know like until the slate is over, but I think he's worth the investment. The strikeouts have come down recently, but I still I still think there's an upside against the, the Angels here. Yeah, I agree. And I think he's gonna be one of the top projected pitchers. I'll probably like better him in, between him and Nola. The one I'd probably choose is whichever one is lower owned. Um, but I do <laughs> like uh, Luis Castillo a little I, bit. I gotta better. think no I gotta think he's gonna be lower owned than Nola. 
Nola gets the Kansas City matchup. I think the, the I think the eye candy is going to be Nola against Kansas City. I think Castillo probably strikes out eight angels, and I think Otani probably takes him for takes him deep once or twice. Um, how about De- uh, Detmers going up against Seattle? Only uh, eighty two hundred for him. I like this. Um, Detmers has been good this season overall. I'm not going to let his a couple of starts here recently derail that. The strikeouts have still been there, and that's one thing I like, TJ. If the strikeouts are still there, I'm still willing to get involved. Like when you start giving up runs and you're not getting strikeouts, like Severino, that's when I have a problem. But when you look at you look at Detmers, ran the pitch count up against Toronto, um, ran the pitch count up against Pittsburgh. Even against Houston recently, had uh, six strikeouts, had a, a quality start, without a quality start, completed six innings, just gave up too many runs. I think against the Angels, there's going to be some power there. Like you got CJ Crone, but he's been better against righties. I like That's this spot for him. That's the thing right there is this projected lineup we're uh, projecting for Seattle, eight righties in there and only one lefty. Well, Detmers has a 19% K rate to lefties giving up tons of power, 216 ISO, uh, and a 32% K rate to righties this year. Now, it does seem a little bit wonky based on the hard hit percentages and uh, the ground ball percentages that that's just like a bit of an out, like a, a little noisy from, from lefties. Yeah. But the K rate to righties sure, sure as hell isn't. That's something with over 300 uh, plate attempts. So yeah. Detmers, I think, is one of the top tournament pitchers yeah. on the board. I with him my, and Kelly together, you can load up a team. That's my favorite. I think Detmer's Kelly with uh, Houston the night before. As well. Oh, man. That is my favorite juicy. way to build a lineup. That's juicy. I, I don't think it'll be highly owned. Really? I think Houston will be, but I don't think Kelly Detmer's will be. You're. I don't know, man. I feel like. I don't think they're going to necessarily be sneaky, but I'd be willing to bet that both Detmers and Kelly are projected for lower ownership than Castillo and Nola. I, I would for sure put that on Nola. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you. I'm with you. Bats in this game, Otani, absolutely. Julio Rodriguez or Cal Raleigh as a one-off against uh, Detmers, absolutely. Full stacks, neither of these teams. Yeah, same here. I mean, because both of these guys can, can pick up strikeouts. So I I don't want to play around. Like, it's just one-offs. I'm not stacking either team. Especially, honestly, I think especially Seattle. I'm definitely not stacking Seattle here. We're getting the hang of this thing, uh, Chief, this morning grind. We're getting efficient with it. We're going to get through 11 games here in uh, 45 minutes. Well, it helps when you got three, six trash teams on the slate facing each other. <laughs> it also helps you. I don't know if you were here for this, if you if you heard this whole story or not. I can't remember who I've total, told it to or if you tuned into the show. But it also helps when you actually press live when you start your show. Yeah. Uh, I was doing this with Keith. And uh, one, I completely forgot about it. And so I was 45 minutes late. And then we started. I run downstairs. I send him the link. I do the description. We're talking about a 14-game slate. We get six games in. And we realize that uh, the live has not been pressed. And we have to restart from the beginning. It was, oh, my God, was painful. I was so frazzled that night. I was all over the place. But Oh, classic. classic. We're on our A game tonight, folks. We are ready to roll. And the final game of the slate, we got the Dodgers and oh, the yes. Padres. Two 
big time offense is going toe to toe. We got Bobby Miller and you Darvish, two of the better pitchers on this slate, but going up against two of the better offenses on this slate. Do you have any interest in Bobby Miller against, uh, against the Padres? Oh man. I, I feel like this is going to be a fade for me. Um, and let me tell you why. I feel like the Padres, and they're at home. I feel like people have undervalued the Padres. You keep hearing stuff like the Fraudres and all this stuff. But I'm looking at the numbers, and the numbers tell me the Padres are fine. And so Bobby Miller's a young guy. I think, you know, they're going to run the pitch count up on him a little bit. I'm also not saying that he doesn't pick up strikeouts. I'm saying I think the Padres have enough. Like when you've got one Soto that you've got to deal with, that could be an eight to 10 pitch at bat, every at bat. Cause, cause as we, as we've seen with Juan Soto deadly to righties in terms of being able to run up the pitch count, very rarely strike it out and taking walks. He's going to work Bobby Miller here. And then you got to deal with uh, Tatis. You got to deal with Cronenworth. You got, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of guys you got to deal with on this team. You got to deal with, um, um, Xander Bogarts, another guy, even though he's a righty, he's going to work. Bobby Miller's going to have to pitch in this game. There aren't going to be a whole lot of easy outs. At 7,500, I understand it. I definitely think he has the strikeout stuff. Let me say that. I think if I'm in mass multi-entry, big-time 150 lineups, because of the price, he is 7,500, I think I take a couple shots. But if he gets blown up, I'm not going to be surprised. That's. I think it's more likely that he gets blown up, but because of that price tag and the straight gut upside is exactly like what you said. He's going to make the MME pool for me. Not a primary target, but at 7,500 with his upside, he's going to make the MME pool for me. You Darvish has been pitching quite a bit better lately. He got lit up one. He's he's pretty consistently over this last stretch been either amazing. Or terrible. There's been absolutely right. no, no for you, Darvish. I don't really ever want to play a pitcher against the Dodgers. 8,300 8, is a nice price tag for you. Maybe he sneaks into the MME pool, but I don't want to. So this is this is this is you, Darvish, in a nutshell. His past two starts, and I'm going to explain this for a reason. He faces the Texas Rangers, one of the best offenses in baseball. 32 and a half fantasy points. He faces the Pittsburgh Pirates, a not so good offense in baseball, and, and, and puts up negative 4.9 fantasy points. Also, that's baseball. The best pitcher in the world could struggle with the worst offense in the world that day. Just didn't have it. Could just be off. You never know. Mentally, just may have not have been there. Want, you know, maybe he was thinking about a cheeseburger and fries all day and had a craving. We don't know. But the point is, that that's you, Darvish. I, but I don't. I, don't th- I think I'm going to fade him against the Dodgers today. Um, I feel like he has a modest performance, if at best. I don't think he's going for 32 and a half fantasy points against the Dodgers. What about the Dodgers going up against you? You's been a little reverse splitsy this year. I think Mookie Betts is in a fantastic spot. The Dodgers aren't going to make the same tier uh, as like Houston for me. But I just because they're the Dodgers, they're probably in the same boat of that tier two for me as Arizona and uh, those teams. Yeah, I I'll probably one off some Dodgers like, and as crazy as that sounds, maybe maybe many stacks like two mans or three mans at most, because as we've seen, 
if you gets roughed up, he gets roughed up. And yeah. that, that's kind of the, the my stance with, with the Dodgers here. Yeah, I want to definitely make sure I have some exposure because they're one of the best offenses in baseball. And if we get bad you, they could put up a lot of runs in a hurry. What about yeah. San Diego against Bobby Miller? Um, you can Similar always, situation. Yeah, like you can always play Tatis, Machado. Um, Kim's been hitting the ball really well. Cronenworth has uh, got the platoon advantage, advantage. Sanchez always has power. But for me, this is like similar to the Dodgers where it's like Mookie Betts, Juan Soto, rest of the team quite a bit. Yeah, better. yeah. Yeah, and let me do this too, TJ, because I don't want people to feel like uh, they left this show and they're like, well, who are we playing today? Folks, Houston. Houston. Houston against Severino. Big time upside. Arizona against Bailey over big time upside. Now this one is sneaky for me. Anyway, this one is sneaky. Uh, Texas against Miami or Texas against Lazardo. And then I I know this guy's, this guy's kind of not going to fit the bill because he's right under 5k and, you know, not under 4k or Hey Soler ultimate one-off tournament play today. If there isn't any other one-off ultimate play on the slate, he's definitely one. Um, and then I want to throw in yeah. Boston, Colorado, yes. St. Louis. Yes, there you Those, go. That's the entirety yeah. of offenses. Then you look at uh, you look at pitchers today, and yes, the 10K guys, Castillo, Nola, wait and see ownership, but they're both very strong plays. We like this right below 9K tier. Uh, Merrill Kelly Ooh. and uh, and Detmers, Detmers as our top guys, but but Hunter Brown and James Paxton, little bit of Jesus Lazardo, maybe. Uh, they're in there. The, the sub 8K guys, they're just if you needs. They're, they're not tar- like you really want them, but they're just if you need them. Logan Allen, Dean Kramer, Bobby Miller, all of these guys where it's like you don't really want to play them, but if you land on them, it's totally okay. The sub 7K range, not today. Not today. Um, none of those offenses options are really standing out. I don't think we need the salary to really do it. Let's finish through the morning grind game. I had Verdugo for two hits. You had Ryan Mountcastle for two hits. Yeah. I got Devers to hit a home run over 5K. Who do you got to hit a home run over 5K? Um, I got to give me my boy, Corbin Carroll. There it is. And so uh, all of our favorite pitchers are over 8K. Who's your favorite under 8K, though, to get six or more strikeouts? Under 8K, I, I would probably have to go with I'm going to go with Logan Allen. I'll take my guy, Bobby Miller. And then finally, who's your pitcher over 8K to bust? Oh, Bailey over. Easy. I think he's the easy one as well. And uh, I'm going to go with you, Darvish. You, Darvish, against the dog years, I think, is going to bust. That'll do it for this edition of uh, the Morning Grind. Uh, Make sure you hit the like button on your way out of here. Thank you to everybody who tuned in live. Thank you to everybody who uh, is listening on Friday morning. Chief's going to be back Friday morning with the Take Your Pick'em show. Yeah. I'm going to be uh, on Grinders Live with Dean and Kirkwood on Friday, and then the Crunch Time crew is going to be following us. So lots of great content. MLB season is uh, – I'm not coming to the close. It's still pretty much in the in the set early second half. Yeah. But we've got NFL preseason, and uh, the NFL season is drawing closer and closer and closer. Chief, do you got anything for the people before we get out of here? Negativo, mi amigo. Nice seeing you as always. I hope you have a great weekend and uh, good luck, everybody, on your contests. Hopefully you win some money and uh, we will see you tomorrow. Peace.